Welcome, everybody. Episode six of the Two Bucks Sports Podcast. I'm Buck. It's here with my co-host, Uncle Buck, on this Wednesday night, December the 14th. Uh, kind of a somber night in a lot of circles tonight, Drew. It's not a, not how we wanted to start the show, but um, definitely uh opportunity to talk about a great, a great man that's bigger than college football and a uh, personality that was larger than life. So, uh, Want to welcome in Uncle Buck uh, as we kind of dive into the episode tonight. How are you tonight, sir? I'm good, brother. Uh, had a little technical difficulty to start off with, and, and like you said, uh, every week we try to get in here and talk about what happened in the previous week, and and look forward to uh, the week to come, and then just hit hit all the topics, break news, and just just talk amongst friends for an hour. And uh, there's really only one story this week yeah. that. Uh, that happened and it all you know it all started sunday morning when uh we all i'll uh i'll just outline and then i'm rusty i know you the you're the dog fan here so i'll let you take it away but uh sunday night hearing the word that uh mike leach head football coach at mississippi state had been airlifted to jackson uh in critical condition and uh, throughout the day it's one of those things to me the only thing i can liken it to and how i felt in the moment and um was it was Kobe for me um mm. and uh I know it's uh it's it's it was equal to probably Kobe locally it didn't touch it uh nationally but it really even close but just the sense of what just happened uh, I was mm. on my phone a lot refreshing for updates any kind of clues and nuggets and it just kind of stopped the whole world where it is and and then yesterday, after the news yesterday morning, that it was, it was official. They they came out and what I know we had suspected that that uh, they were basically waiting on family to get there to to call it. Uh, once it was official that he had passed away, um, just checking on Twitter, it was like a community forum for everybody's greatest mm-hmm. hits of Mike Leach, and yeah. and it was. It was refreshing. Uh, I'm and I'm, I'm I'm hesitant to be. I don't want that to sound like it was a good thing, but it, you know, so many times in today's culture, it just seems like every time somebody dies, it's there's, you know, it it gets blown over or it it just not a lot of people much have good to say about a lot of people these days, and for somebody to to have passed away and for just floods of people that just had story after story about how funny he was and smart he was and quirky and mm. just wacky this fellow was. Uh, I could have spent, and I did spend most of the day yesterday, just scrolling and mm-hmm. laughing and watching videos and just got just the biggest hoot out of it. Honestly, mm-hmm. I was, uh, my wife, and I had a company party last night for my work, and we came home, and I turned the TV on, and SEC Network had already started up a Remembering Mike Leach hour-long special where they just had folks on and just talking about the life that was Mike Leach, mm-hmm. that he lived, and his story, and how he impacted folks, and and just all the funny stuff that he had done and the levity that he had brought to a, to a sport that is very – has become very businesslike and corporate uh, and everybody speaks in hushed tones and uh, toes the party line. It was, he was the guy that was, you know, he was dusting up, you know, he, he was there. He was the unpolished fellow and unapologetically. So, and it was mm-hmm. for me, it was just a ton of fun to sit back and, and uh, a bad situation. I don't wish that, at all i mean obviously i, I would have i'm not by any means happy about the situation but to mm-hmm. to be able to when you die for somebody to be able to or a community of folks or in this instance uh, a world of folks to just have nothing but good things to say about you it was mm-hmm. it was a, it brought a little it was refreshing to see the humanity of mm-hmm. that guy yesterday yeah, and I think that's kind of what the overarching theme about Mike Leach has been throughout the stories. You know, there's all these the stories about football, 
you know, how Mummy might have created the Air Raid, but Mike Leach really took it and made it his own and made it the uh, expandable edition it is today, right? Like high school football all the way to the NFL offenses are different because of some of the things that Mike Leach did. And to be such a football guy, uh, he wasn't a football guy. You know, he's got a law degree. He has his JD. He played rugby at BYU. Uh, didn't even play college football, but would sit in um, with this guy. I'm sure you've heard of him. He was quarterback at BYU, Steve Young. Uh, and do film sessions with him. And that's how he kind of fell in love with the game and got to know it and uh, really found his calling uh, into college football. You know, Drew, like, like you talked about, there's always great quirky stories, but the ones that keep coming up over and over again that really um, I just wait on these last couple of days, you know, are the, are the stories of him as a human. The fact that he made everybody he talked to feel so important and heard um, Steve Robertson in the Boneyard podcast just talked about, he mentioned he was going to see his wife who is out in New Mexico right now on a contract. And, uh, he mentioned it to, to coach Leach in passing and coach Leach obviously is a, uh, a Western guy knew all about Albuquerque, gave him all these different places he had to go eat and see and do, and, um, just really leaned in. And then, uh, when he got back, made sure to ask him about it. Uh, there's funny stories about making sure he has his coffee. And, uh, you know, from the interview with Marty Smith, we know he's not a coffee right. guy. Uh, he right. just drinks he just drinks it for the for the purpose. But, um, you know, offering coffee to strangers and making sure they got coffee and bringing them into the sealed building to make sure they got coffee if they needed it. Um, you know, he, he was just a he was just a dude. Um, right. And I think it's fitting that the players wanted to play the bowl game. I think it's fitting that it's in Raymond James and there's a pirate ship there. Yeah. You know, I didn't even put that together until mm-hmm. my wife driving home day and she was like, hey, is Mississippi State playing a bowl game? It's got a pirate ship in it. And I was like, yep. you know what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, and I know it won't happen, but there's some pretty cool concept jerseys floating around all black with a pirate flag on the helmet. Um, but it's I, just cool to see kind of everybody rally around it. You know, college football is such a unique community because of that. And I'm going to – I'll take it a step further. You know, I, uh, I'm i a diehard Rebel. And, you know, Mike Leach for me predates his Mississippi State days. Um, I remember Ole Miss played that Crabtree team uh, and Graham Harrell team in mm-hmm. 08 in the Cotton Bowl, that the team that got snubbed in the national championship. And mm-hmm. – you know, one thing about Mike Leach, you never bet on him in bowl games. You know, you just yeah. you couldn't and Ole Miss beat that team. But the uh, I've always loved him. And I guess I was really started getting in on him when he was at Washington State because and it, it had nothing to do with football. It was he's was fascinating to me. You know, the mm-hmm. fact that he would get up there and talk about anything and, and mm-hmm. have an opinion on everything. And he was just entertainment in its finest. And it's an entertainment sport, but you never get your entertainment from the coaches, especially yeah. not in a good way. And so <clears> I said, I've always loved Mike Leach. And when he got to Mississippi State, I was like, well, I've got a decision here. You know, I've got, <laughs> to, I've got to find a reason to hate this guy or try to, do both and i did i i, I couldn't hate him you, nobody yeah. could no and, uh, except for well what's his face up at texas tech who's, craig james man you know what screw that guy you know and, and drew yeah. like that's the thing yeah. like the outpouring of love has just been so much more you know people have tried to kick some dirt on him for some ill-timed tweets and whatnot but by and large like He's just really well thought of in the college football community. Uh, he's a giant of the game, right? Like he's a obviously an offensive genius and innovator, but just like how everybody talks about how genuine he was, how genuinely humble and nice he was, and how he got to he like if you interviewed him, he interviewed he ended up interviewing you because right. he was just genuinely curious because he's just so intelligent and wanted to know so much that it just made it him very endearing to be around. One of my favorite stories I heard uh, when I was doing my sulking on Twitter yesterday mm-hmm. was the, uh, this fella who had, was talking about how he was uh, – his dad was watching practice at 
uh, one of his college college practices, and all the coaches were running back to the to the field house, and the guys said, Oklahoma. Yeah, hey, uh, Leach, you wanna you wanna ride back? He said, Yeah, I don't run. Mm-hmm. And uh, twenty years later, his son's, you know, covering mm-hmm. him for a football game, and he tells him the story, and he said, I don't even think he remembers it or not, but he just looked at him straight in his eye and says, Tell your dad thanks for the ride. Mm-hmm. And it's just stuff like that. It was just like, yeah, it it was refreshing to hear, but man, at the same time, it just punched the gut, man. Yeah, because, you know, you lose a good one um, like that. And it's just hard. You know, it's hard to lose anybody, but somebody that was just so much bigger than the game. You know, you, you know, we talked about some memories. Uh, a couple of my favorites, obviously, the Pac-12 mascot war will always be right. hilarious. Uh, probably my favorite, though, is him talking about his necktie at the SEC media days. Right. Have you seen that you one? Tell me that one. I, I miss that one. Oh, my gosh. He's sitting there and he's talking about how it's not big enough to be a bib. Like, what is it even for? It squeezes on your neck. You get these ingrown uh, ingrown hairs on your on your neck. And then he's like, I guess you get. He said, I tell you what, I'm going to start using it as a napkin so that people <laughs> stop wearing these. Oh, you got some chicken grease on your chin. And he wipes his face. <laughs> I'll send it to you. It's incredible. Um, he did a weather report while he was in Texas Tech. Oh, no, I, just I, as I good laughed. as you would think. So hard. He said, or it was a, it was a, uh, a Ron Swanson bit too. Before mm. I knew about this weather, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, you could go look at the weather or you could do what I do and just go outside and stand in it and, yep. and <laughs> add about three degrees and you'll have your temperature for the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Talked about, uh, how it's going to be windy and he's like, but we're, we're, you know, people don't pass in that wind. We're here in West Texas. We do. We'll beat them anyway. <laughs> the funniest part about that weather thing was, is, and people won't be able to, uh, yeah, just go look it up. But at the end of the, when he says, you know, you just go outside and, like he just he just puts his hands in the air and sort of pat in the air and he was just like okay now i know what the weather is yeah. <laughs> favorite one i was going to, the only one i was going to bring up was uh my favorite quote that i saw of his yesterday was and i know rusty since you've uh moved out to the the worst time zone in the world um, yeah. the the golf course theme that you have turned into mm-hmm. uh his quote on golf where he said <laughs> golf is for people who uh uh, haven't figured out how to swear effectively. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he said, I do just fine. <laughs> That's just fine. What a great quote. You know, uh, quirky, quirky stories too, you know, where he made the complete fake game strip against Texas while he was the OC at Oklahoma. What? Um, what? About that, mm-hmm. the stones it takes to pull, to try to pull that off. Yeah. And it worked. Thing. Because they were up 17 to nothing before the coaches at Texas figured out that they'd been duped. And I didn't realize at the time, you know, I hear Texas Tech leech. I expect them to be great. They were down that year. Texas was supposed mm-hmm. to beat the ever-living crap out of them. Mm-hmm. And to to think, to look at yourself and be like, all right, we're outwitted. We're, we don't have the dudes. Uh, let's try something, and we're going to try something. We're going to go full, not we're going to try something different. We're going to do mm-hmm. some trick plays. You're going to go full-blown double agent. Yeah, business. Absolutely. You know, um, uh, that one, you know, he's always good for a quote about dating or marriage advice. Two more that are my favorite. Um, uh, both of them, Mississippi State. Uh, one of them this year after the Kentucky game, when we we had like 15 drops, it felt like, man, it was probably even more than that. And they asked him about it after the game. And he said, you know, you know, our, our bodies are here as a process of evolution. And I'm worried the future generations won't have hands because we didn't use them tonight. And they'll be walking around with little T-Rex arms and they can't do anything with them because we didn't use our hand, we didn't use our hands to catch a football. And he he ended that that uh that tirade was saying the people some married folks on a coast to coast uh tour of the United States are gonna stop in start and be like, Why ain't these guys got any hands? <laughs> that was the same night he folded up all the chairs, which was incredible. And then, you know, finally we could go all night, but finally just talking about the Halloween candy man, you know, I disagree on this take. I don't know. Say again. He, he's hundred percent right. Candy corn is just absolutely not right. false. What a bad take. What a bad take. You're not going to disagree with this man today after his his demise, are you? I so mean, here's what I'm at. I disagree on the candy corn, but anything gummy, the Haribo gummies are the goat. He likes European candy because it's gummy everything. I'm all for that. He's right. The sprees in a box are great. Have nerd, you tried the nerd clusters? Nerd clusters are great. I'm all it's in like on some, that. Some Mount Rushmore road trip candy for me. But who 
what what grown man will say their first chocolate candy they're gonna reach for is an almond joy? Oh, it's because he was over sixty at the time. I mean that's fair, but I <laughs> I like almond joys, but they're not in my top five. I can tell you this, Rusty. I'm thirty years old. Mm. I've never in my life had an almond joy. Yeah, that's the same. I've had like maybe two, and they're fine. But like, if you give me an option, I can go on Reese's or Butterfinger. Feel, I'm not going all. I feel almond. like the almond joys and the butterscotch mints and the um, you know the reg- the mess the medicine makes you regular are all mm-hmm. kind of on the same shelf. Yeah. I like butterscotch mints though. Those are pretty good, but see, but that's the difference. You're old. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I yeah. guess so. Yeah. I mean, you're you're proving my thesis here. I'm gonna just put a period on it right there. Yeah, uh-huh. but I agreed with him on like the Haribo gummies. Anything gummies are the goat. Um, I agree with him on that. But like the biggest takeaway, man, is just you know, life is fragile. It's it's here today. It's gone tomorrow. He was at a Christmas party. I listened to a podcast today with some guys that were at the party and. Um, he had some, it was a major recruiting weekend, so he was super busy, but he made time to go to Brian Haddad's uh, Christmas party just to be around some um, media members. Chris Lamonis was there. He shook every hand, hugged every neck the night before he left, um, or the night before he passed away, and he, he was just in there with his people. You know, life is fragile. It's bigger than football. I've lost loved ones in my life, and it's just always – you never know when it's going to happen. So, you know, make sure you hug your loved ones. Uh, give forgiveness where it's given. And live your life like Coach Leach, right? He, his famous quote about his obituary when asked one time in a <laughs> in a post-game interview was like, why would I care? I'm dead. Like, that's somebody else's <laughs> job, right? Well, what's your obituary going to say? I don't, I don't know. Why, why would I, I care? <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, um, we've, we've all lost those loved ones, and I know I lost the one to a – a massive stroke and it's it's one of those things that'll hit you right in the stomach because uh you be perfectly healthy and then yeah. you're not and your life changes and you you lose somebody and so it, yeah. it is you know um on a day that i enjoyed greatly hearing all the stories about mike leach it reminded me of my yeah. grandparents funerals where it's like you know nobody's got anything bad to say you hear everything kind of your loved one did but make sure that when that time comes that that you're ready for it and fortunately i don't have any regrets with mine and so uh it is uh yeah it's a it's a beautiful thing to hear all the great things about your Mm -hmm. loved ones uh and just make sure they hear it from you first right don't 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 save it till it's too late because like mike leach said you're not they're not going to read the obituaries so uh uh, make sure you say what needs to be said today. But, you know, I you know, here's to Coach Leach. Uh, one of one. There'll never be another one. Uh, one of the best things about college football. Right. And uh, there's there's no easy way to segue. And I, I struggle with uh, because I wanted to get your thoughts on this um, going forward for Mississippi State. And mm-hmm. in the meantime, Mississippi State made the announcement today that they mm-hmm. did sign up Zach Arnett. Mm-hmm. To uh, I don't know the length of the contract. Four years. Oh, they did give him the full four years. So here, here's my thoughts on that. So it's a four-year deal. You know, is it the one that's going to continue us up on an upward trajectory? I don't know. Time right. will tell. But what it does, Drew, is it creates stability in an unprecedented time of instability. You know, right. we're one week away from the early signing period, early signing right. day. The transfer portal is the Wild West, man. You got kids flying in and out left and right. Um, you know, we've had several that have entered the transfer portal. So, and like, there this is no honor in this sport either. And if you and, left it open, people were going to try to poach. And, like, what what is the – yeah, and, like, there's been reports about people that are kind of going through third parties, not even coaches coming to Mississippi State. They're using third parties to get there. Like, if you don't do that, have the stones to be the coach that calls. Like, don't use a third party. Well, that's a coward way. That's a, that's a business – that's a I mean, multi-dollar business right there with the, the recruiting services. Uh, that's that's something that's huge now to keep, keep track of. Uh, I'm well aware. Software. Well aware. It's also a coward move. But anyway – yeah um, it creates I mean, instability for the team that is there it'll create like it kind of keeps the system going you know he's got an opportunity we've got a one assistant position available now so he can go hire an oc because he's a right, defensive guy Luke right was the oc yeah. right and so with 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 arnett moving that position it opens an assistant position he'll fill that with an oc and um a DC position 
you know, and honestly, like there's no good timing, right? Do you wait till after the funeral? Do you do it during the war? Like, when do you do it? I, the time is now because you're right. It's the business. The time with, is now. With uh, that was part of the thing I wanted to, I was going to ask you about when was a good time. But I think since you were hiring in-house, there's no problem with, mm-hmm. with the timing. Um, um, you know, I, and here's the thing, like, you know, I, he's got four years. Like if it works out great, if not, you go after Cliff Kingsbury and make him tell, you no. you go after some of these other guys and make him tell, you no. but for right now for the program, I think the timing was good and the hire was the best one you can make. I just, uh, I agree with you. That's the hire I would have made. I wonder about the four years because, mm-hmm. um, that may have been just how business is done. Uh, Arnett mm-hmm. is unproven as a I mean he's never been a head coach he's 36 Mm -hmm. he could be the best thing in the world um Mm -hmm. or he couldn't be I don't know Mm -hmm. it was the absolute best move for the 23-24 season yeah uh, because who are you going to get one and who Mm -hmm. are you going to recruit and can you can you keep that recruiting class together and it's a Mississippi State's recruiting class is is largely made up of in-state kids and if Mm -hmm. you keep that um you keep that consistency, then you're going to keep a lot of those kids. And there's a lot of kids that are especially a couple wide receivers in the portal. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't wonder if, if it changes. You know, Uh, I've thought about that. I'm I'm curious about that. And a couple things on that too, because we're keeping our net, then the rest of the staff is going to stay. We've got some great recruiters and Steve Spurrier Jr. And there's some Zach Arnett himself. And I'll tell you this, Drew, I've got a source. I don't know if I told you this or not, but I rode, on my flight home this past weekend, I rode with a position coach from Mississippi State that was in town recruiting a kid in the transfer portal. And I just straight up asked him, yeah, straight up asked him, like, hey, man, what's Zach Arnett's long-term arcs? Like, what is it looking like? And he was just kind of him hauling around, but he said he'll be a head coach somewhere next year. So, you know, the circumstances aren't great, but if he's going to be a head coach somewhere, you know, he's he's proven himself as a D.C. here. Our defense was elite this year. The recruits and the players know him, uh, you know, given the circumstances, I think it's the best hire. I agree. Four years might be a little bit long, but, you know, it's it's an opportunity. I'm a big believer in giving a coach at least three years to kind of get their feet underneath him, um, get their recruits in, get the old recruits out, get your system in place. If I'm if I'm Zach Arnett, I look for a leech tree kind of guy that can kind of mimic some of that system, at least for next year. And we'll see where it goes. You think it'll be Spurrier Jr.? I read that on the Twitters today that that could be it. Yeah, I think it's the obvious choice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Whole as a in a standard situation, an SEC football coach can't really, unless it goes the wrong way, mm-hmm. you can't really get it the right way in less mm-hmm. than three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's mm-hmm. given the fact that you know you've conducted a a coaching search and landed on your guy too. Mm-hmm. And so I just wonder if, if Arnett is his guy, you know, if that was and And we don't and, have an AD to make that call. <laughs> and that's, the, that's the other thing. ADs like making, hiring their guys. And so mm-hmm. the, Mississippi state going forward uh, for 2023, as we, uh, you know, when we looking into July and August, uh, start previewing SEC football, it's mm-hmm. going to be, probably the most fascinating mm-hmm. offseason because um just what do you do like yeah. with with leach it's a special he mm-hmm. he had two jobs he was the head coach mm-hmm. and he was the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. so you lost both jobs and you took your defensive coordinator made him your head coach mm-hmm. so it's it's fascinating and it's a leech system that nobody i don't care mm-hmm. how long you you are leech at oc you are not leech Mm-mm. So it's going to be interesting to see kind mm-hmm. of the direction that Arnett, yeah. the vision that Arnett has for him, because yeah. those those defensive coordinators like uh, three yards and a, pound, and a cloud of dust. Oh, the, let, let my defense breathe. You know? Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like I think uh, I think Arnett needs to make a a home run OC hire. I think Steve Spurrier Jr. can be that guy. Um, and the other thing, like we're grieving a head coach. The last thing we need to do is open ourselves up to a national coaching search and all the scrutiny and analysts and all the stuff that comes with that. Make the smart choice. This is about getting the ship stable again, right? Because we were it in some stormy waters and this gets the ship kind of sailing again. And we'll see what happens in a couple of years. It was absolutely the right decision. And mm-hmm. if uh, I don't I don't know who uh, uh, Arnett's agent is, but 
you had some leverage there to get the four mm-hmm. years and, yeah. and smart to play it if that's what it if that's what indeed happened. And then and then last thing about that man, big 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 shout out Zach Arnett because there were some it, he posted on Twitter tonight he's already on the recruiting trail. You know, yeah, Coach Leach wouldn't have wanted everybody sitting around sulking about him. You know, see the oh, quote yeah. about the obituary. And so these coaches that are out recruiting and back on the trail today because they called them all home on Monday to be back around coach and around their family. Um, for them to be out recruiting and getting after the end of the day, like. Mad respect for that man, because that cannot be easy. Man, I, yeah, I, I was, I was getting there a minute ago, and you stopped me before I probably say something stupid. But the, uh, the egg bowl loss stinks a lot less, yeah. and just as a human, like, I'm not, it, seeing pictures of him holding that egg bowl, and I, that egg bowl truck, mm-hmm. and I was just kind of like, you know, good yeah. for him. You know, yeah, and Lane's quote was really cool about that, he too. He tried to give it away. <laughs> yeah, he did. He tried. But uh, Lane's quote about that, like being a part of his last win, like that was some maturity and some and, and some, I, some, that I, was respectful. I didn't, see, I didn't see any Ole Miss fans take mm-hmm. exception to that. And mm-hmm. if any of them did, then shame on you because yeah. uh, Leach and Kiffin were mm-hmm. predated Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Yeah, that they was, were good buddies. Yeah. And, so, and 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 the the last thing I'll say about it, we'll move on to some other for the stuff. Second time, last thing you'll say about it. <laughs> right, but this is, this is the last thing I want to say about it. Um, I feel bad for our buddy Lauren and and the fighting line out because there's going to be a whole lot more Mississippi State fans January second than there were before all this. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. It's absolutely yeah. true. Yeah. So yeah, let's but, uh, uh, segue out of it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, where do you, you want to hit next? We have, we uh, around. You uh, you name it. Yeah, let's we can do a little quick bowl preview. You know, none of these bowls coming up uh, between now and our next recording are super exciting, uh, as we talked about earlier. Um, I'll kind of run through. I've got some comments. Feel free to interject as you can or as you as you want. Um, but uh, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you 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 set me up and I'll give you what I think about it. How about that? All right, sounds good. Um, I'll tell you, I don't have a single note. So <laughs> I love off it. the cuff, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you exactly how it's gonna play out. Starting on Friday, we got two games: UAB, Miami of Ohio. What you the think? The Blazers and uh, the the University of Miami, the flagship, <laughs> the one in Ohio. Uh, UAB Blazers, who lost their coach like mm-hmm. weeks before the season start. Mm-hmm. Um, Neil Clark, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right. Brent Neil Brent. Yeah, Neil, Neil Clark. Clark. No, it's Neil Brown's West Virginia. Uh, Clark. That's right. Uh, That's right. And he was an amazing head coach, and he mm-hmm. had some health issues, but he built that program in nothing in, in no time at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a, I've always had a soft spot for them. Uh, Miami of Ohio. I mean, uh, unless Philip Rivers is playing, they're just going to get smoked. Ben Roethlisberger was there. Philip Rivers, NC State. There you go. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah. okay, you know what? If Big Ben walked through that door, I'd still pick UAB. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah exactly. UAB. Um, this next one, man, low key, good game. Uh, two eleven and two teams, teams from the group of five. Conference tramp, champ, Troy. Conference tramps. Yep, conference <laughs> tramps. Troy and UTSA, Texas San Antonio. Um, we, we touched on this one last week. We did a little bit, yeah. Troy is ten and three against the spread this year. Uh, UTSA is seven and seven. UTSA has a national top fifteen offense and scoring efficiency. Troy's is the 29th scoring efficiency defense. So this will be like a good matchup between the two. Good on good. Troy wins ugly. Five of their 10 wins came with less than 23 points. Um, it's an ugly betting game. It's a push. You would absolutely never bet on this game. But you said Troy, Troy's got the good defense, right? Yeah. Their head coach is John Sumrall. That mm-hmm. was a former linebackers coach at Ole Miss. Went to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say he's a stud. Just yeah. he's, he is paying his right future. Now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kane Womack at uh, USA, mm-hmm. um, a son of a former Ole Miss assistant. And I don't know much about him, I'll be honest with you, other than he was um, he was a boy of Ole Miss. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm uh, I'm a Patriot, so we're going for USA. Wow. Right. Wow. I, yeah. I'm a Patriot. 
in bowl games, neutral games like this, I go with a better defense. Give me Troy, man. I think Troy uh, will smack him in the mouth. Who cares? I mean, these bowl games, <laughs> I'll tell you the first thing about it. But I, I have a take on it, I'll tell you that. And I'm uh, yeah. a patriot, just like you cheered for Rocky over uh, Soviet Russia. Sure. And, uh, the United States over the Dutch. I would cheer for uh, USA over Troy. Yeah. Because this, this is this is the the fighting Americans over uh what what did Troy do? Oh, they had the uh, they got beaten by a horse with soldiers in it. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, yeah, no decoys are going to happen today. The yeah. USA is going to win again. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, moving right along. On Saturday, we got a, a slate full of games. None of them are really important or exciting. Cincinnati, Louisville, we've lost a couple coaches there. New you know why that in. was interesting, though? Why that? Louisville's coach is now the new Cincinnati coach. I mean, that's fair, but he's not going to be coaching, though, right? <laughs> no, but I think it should be – that should be a rule, that if you take over a team in which you play in the ball game, you have to pick a half. And he goes to the team for a half. There you go. So he'll be there in a the box, but again, that game's a snooze fest. Neither team's gonna be very motivated after losing their coaches. Cincinnati lost out by losing to Tulane on the opportunity to go to a New Year's six. So that game's gonna be a snooze fest. Yeah, who cares? Um, you know, in, in one exciting game, man, we have our first post Dion game. Uh Jackson State against North Carolina Central. Yeah. Uh yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that the Celebration Bowl? Is that is that in New Orleans? Uh, no. Um, I don't. Don't look it up. It doesn't matter because I'll, I'll be honest either. with you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dion was big for HBCUs, and it's probably a uh, a conference and a product that should be paid more attention to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that Dion's gone, um, yeah, it's going to fade back into oblivion. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I don't know that they're televised. <laughs> the only one that is is the Southern Classic when Southern and Grambling played. It's going to go back to that, which is unfortunate, man, because you get so much good band play at halftime. They've got yes, all those it's cool the bands. Absolutely. Absolutely. So these games should get more press, but we're going to go back to the old days when it's just Southern and Grambling on TV, and you have to look up in the papers what happened to Jackson State. Yeah. Um, next game. This was interesting. It's Oregon State, Florida. It's interesting because the line started at seven, and then a ton of money started pouring That's in on true. Oregon State. Oregon State, ton of money started pouring in, so they moved it up to ten and a half. But Florida's three and zero against the spread this year. They they each time they've been oh sorry excuse me three and zero against double digit spreads. So three times this year they were a double digit dog and they won all three times. They didn't win the game, but they won. They lost by less than ten all three yeah, times. Yeah, their quarterback's not playing either, right? But Anthony Richards is not playing. That's the other yeah. thing. I mean, he wasn't um, good. He was no. going to be first round draft pick. But sure. he wasn't good this year. And he's better than Will Levis. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's absolutely facts. Uh, <laughs> Which we'll get yeah. into at some point, I'm sure. I, but. Uh, you know, give me Oregon State. The Beavers yeah. don't have anything to – like, you're talking about amped up for a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a fan base that that just thrives on bowl games. Mm-hmm. You know, you, yeah. you never, you, they're never going to comp- – like they're not ever going to be heartbroken that they're not in the Pac-12 championship game. Right. right. They're just happy to go to the Birmingham Bowl or the whatever, yeah. Alamo Bowl. But guess it, another thing about Oregon State, they are a top seven team against the spread this year. They covered 83% of the time, which ain't bad. Well, um, it just begs the question why you never picked them. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I just found this stat out when I was researching for tonight. But uh, this is a game. The over/under is 52 and a half. I'm deaf. I would definitely take the under on this game. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a rock fight. Oh yeah. Uh, a few more games to kind of close out. Uh, the former Fighting Mike Leeches, uh, Washington State's playing Fresno State. Um, a couple Western teams. Be a fun game. Conference game, if I'm being honest. Right. Fresno State's not a bad football team. The Bulldogs, I think they won four out of their last five to finish the season. They played pretty well. Uh, still Jeff Tedford out mm-hmm. in uh, Fresno, mm-hmm. who uh, went to Cal and back. Mm-hmm. He uh, he's solid, and yeah, they've got they've got a quarterback there that's really good. Who's going to? Yeah. I think he's draft eligible this year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be uh, going to be one of those. Those late picks. quarterbacks that come out of nowhere that's going mm-hmm. to move up draft boards quick, like Trey mm-hmm. Lance and all them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'd take him over Will Levis. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's a big kid. He's uh, got all the measurables. He's talented. I agree. I think once he gets through the combine and gets through some of that, somebody who likes measurables will pick him up for sure. Uh, um, who do you, uh, your boy at Coastal, uh, McCall, where's he going to go? That's a good question. I asked, I've got a connection. He's on the board at Coastal, and I asked him that question on Tuesday, and he kind of gave me a look, and he said, it's not sure yet. Um, I think he fits like one of those um you know not mid-majors but i think he could go to like one of the uh power five you know lower like bottom half teams like you know he screams mike leach to me which is bad and when he entered the portal i thought that too but like i see him landing somewhere like a cincinnati like um like there are places he can fit in i think he could be like a lower tier acc quarterback man like a boston college virginia that's what i'm talking about he feels he feels like garner Minshew. yeah like he's just gonna fit in somewhere and all of a sudden because he was good at coastal but he just didn't have any weapons around him like that were really good other than isaiah likely who's a been a stud for the rate uh the ravens this year when mark andrews was out but a lower tier ACC team just feels like he's going to go there and fit in well. You know, Virginia, like I said, um, Boston College, Duke, somewhere like that, he'll fit in well there. Not Duke. Duke's got a stud. That's true. Duke's, yeah, Duke's got a stud. I'm sorry. North Carolina's got a stud. A couple more to close out Saturday. We got Rice and Southern Miss, the Mustard Buzzers hey. versus the Owls, um, <laughs> SMU, BYU, Snooze Fest. Um, oh, that's- that's the Pony Express versus the Mormons right there. That's right. That's right, baby. Apples and oranges. That's right. Yeah, one of the There's going to be a fight. Cleanest program versus <laughs> uh, SMU, the death penalty. For a, for a religious institution, they like to scrap. They do. They, they do, man. It's that pent-up energy. That's it. Um, and then we've got the uh, the blue field, blue turf, Boise State versus the North Texas Mean Green. <laughs> okay. And North Texas just fired their coach. Yeah, which I found surprising because they've been a decent team. And, and I thought he was one of those coaches that was going to be on the come up. I did too, and they because they've been to a bowl game the last three years in a row. What was his name? Um, I I, I'm not going. Don't waste time looking it up. But I felt like he was he was a former Bama assistant or Clemson assistant. Uh, Seth Luttrell is his name. Luttrell. Luttrell. Mm, I just thought he was. He was one of the. Yeah. He, uh, he was a uh, Mike Leach coach guy. He was an uh, OC under Mike Leach for a while. He's a uh, part okay. of that coaching tree. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was wrong all the way around, but that's that's a weird feeling. I've never been wrong mm-hmm. before. How about that? Well, welcome to the club. <laughs> uh, moving on to Monday, we've got the Myrtle Beach Bowl right here in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Marshall Thundering Herd versus UConn. UConn, man, was 1 and 11 last year. They turned around their 6 and 6. Jim Morris done a great job. They won their last three games to get bowl eligible. Marshall has a top 10 scoring defense. You know, I was looking online and 78% of the money is coming in on Marshall to win that game. I think that's going to happen. Marshall's a good football team, but big, you know, big turnaround by Jim Moore after 1-11. I think they won maybe two games a year before. UConn's and been took terrible. over in the middle of the season. That's it. Took over and turned them around. They're 6-6 six and six, uh, after a terrible stretch there for a while. Not that they've been a powerhouse, but, um, you know, they turned around. So, that's yeah. Monday. Uh, any thoughts there, Myrtle Beach Bowl, right here at uh, in Conway, I, South Carolina? I would say that if you got me tickets, I'd think about coming and staying with you. Well, let me – I can get tickets, <laughs> man. I can, I can do that. I need five of them. <laughs> I can do that. Um, Tuesday, Eastern Michigan, San Jose State. Yeah, who cares? And then Liberty, the former Hugh Freeze, the future Jamie Chadwell, Chadwell the coach at CCU, took that job, yeah. which to me feels like a lateral move. I don't know that's a step up no, other than uh, he got a massive pay raise. Liberty is that uh, that old massive uh, super church. That's, yep. uh, you know, yep. those uh, those big Baptist churches in Texas, they pay their pastors, and that yep. one out in Virginia is going to pay that coach. Yeah, he went from a nine hundred thousand dollar year contract to four million a year. So I mean, it's, it's definitely play, a pay raise. They're independent. They're not. Mm-hmm. Not they're anymore. Not a group of five. They're going to be Conference USA starting next year. Uh, so that's a step right? down. Right. I saw him saying he went from the Fun Belt to Conference USA. Like, what are you doing? Other no, than getting paid four million dollars. That's a step down for the university because that's mm-hmm. the same thing Notre Dame. Now I understand that maybe. Uh, if you like Notre Dame kind of pays a penalty for not ever having a conference championship game, mm-hmm. but like you 
limit yourself so much to Conference USA. You look at Memphis, and we're in the Memphis market, and mm-hmm. what the American has turned into because of conference realignment is just garbage, mm-hmm. and you don't look forward to playing any games. Liberty mm-hmm. had an amazing schedule for a team that was mm-hmm. that was not in the Power Five because they were independent. They could go yeah. play at Arkansas, and they could go yeah. play at BYU. They could line up these games because, they one, they were – Right. Good product and mm-hmm. you know and they had the money and they wasn't caring mm-hmm. about paying to you know, they weren't you weren't necessarily paying them a million dollars to come play, you know. Mm-hmm. They they had the bankroll, but that's a yeah. step down. Nobody wants to go watch them play Jacksonville State and no. Arkansas <laughs> State. What a terrible, that. terrible move by the university Chatwell. I get it for a money purpose, but like you know, I mean, he's the breadwinner of the university though. Wow. His 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 dream job has always been UT Knoxville because that's where he's from. He's from Knoxville and like right. So like this feels like a lateral step or even a step down as you're going to see USA on that career trajectory to get an SEC job. Well, I don't. I I think if you're just looking at the conferences, I agree with that. But it is easier to be the coach at uh, to get the Tennessee job from Liberty than it is from Coastal if Liberty is an independent school. If they're independent, but they're going that's, to be conference USA. That's my point. That's mm-hmm. why I think it's Liberty is. Uh, yeah. And in the whole conference redistribution of wealth, like the SEC, like the redistribution of wealth doesn't help Alabama because Alabama's the big dog, and they're, they're the one making the money. Be the big dog, and mm-hmm. so in a in a weak conference, I, I don't I like mean, that. I don't either. I don't even know what their main bowl is, but Liberty will be in it every year. And I just, yeah, I don't know. What's, but the, bowl, what's the bowl tie-ins for the Sun Belt? Uh, no, Conference USA. I, honestly, I don't know. They're, they're going to be in like the Gasparilla Bowl or something. Yeah, absolutely. It's not right. going to be any good. Yeah. yeah. They're going to be like a permanent fixture in the New York Pinstripe Bowl. Right, or the RockAuto.com Bowl and like the figure of the Bahamas Bowl. Like it's not going to be anything good. Well, I, I mean, maybe – Go to the Bahamas. There ain't nothing wrong with that. I guess not. But they're playing Toledo on Tuesday um, as they get ready for Jamie Chadwell to start next year. Wednesday, next week, when we record our next episode, that's one of the games I'm excited about. We've talked about this. Um, betting trend is South Alabama over Western Kentucky at a 71% confidence to win, 51% to cover. Um, but Western Kentucky has covered in 13 out of their last 19 games. So it should be a pretty good game. South Alabama? South Alabama, Western Kentucky. All right. I may have just screwed the pooch earlier. Who plays Troy? UTSA. Everything I said about. Uh, You're all in on the Roadrunners, man. You didn't stop me. I'm over, here, you were, I'm over here being a patriot about Texas San Antonio. You were so Alabama. excited. Oh. <laughs> You, you're going to have to spell out these names. You need to tell me University of Texas and San Antonio. Not I did. <laughs> you missed the T. You missed the T. Mm. So, well, anyway, all right, you can so, be patriotic now. All right, so let me tell you what I think about uh, the University <laughs> of South Alabama. I'm a patriot. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> who, who, am I cheering for? who am I cheering against? Uh, Western Kentucky. Okay. You see that red blob that they call a mascot? Mm-hmm. Top ten mascot, but he looks like a <laughs> a, a, a milk fever. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you're going down western. <laughs> yeah, South Alabama's hit the money line in ten of the last twelve games. Jaguars are going to win, I think for sure. Um, yeah, I know. I know we've uh, we, we've got some better bowl games coming up. We'll talk about those as we get here, Drew. Why don't we do uh, our little Grizz segment? We'll talk about the Grizz a little bit, and then I know we talked about doing some fun stuff. Why don't we throw that in before we do our little League of Avengers? Uh, All right, we'll, yeah, we'll catch it then. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Grizzlies. Uh, I was. We were talking last night. I was like, they uh, they played last night uh, against mm-hmm. the or two nights ago against nights the Hawks. Ago. Uh, I was really excited because it was going to be Job versus Trey Young um, in a matchup in which I think the best point guard in the league versus the most overrated point guard in the league. I hate yep. Trey Young. Uh, he yep. is the new James Harden for me. I know this podcast hasn't been going on for a long time, but Rusty knows what I'm talking about when I say James Harden was garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would just uh, chuck the three and hunted the fouls and had an mm-hmm. attitude about it, and that's Trey Young for me. Yep. I think he makes his team better. I think he's 
he's been a massive distraction this year. I don't know if you saw last week. He uh, mm-hmm. he just totally bailed on a game. Like, didn't show up to a game because he got in a spat with his head coach. Yep. And, and then got mad that it got public, which, I mean, I guess I would too. But it, when it goes yeah. public, you got to take your medicine. That's and it. He wasn't willing to take his medicine. Nope. And so, uh, the Grizzlies uh, just – uh, completely dismantled them. The uh, the Grizzlies without Jaw beat the uh, Hawks without Trey like a drum. By 25. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, mm. We've been beating that drum since we started this podcast. I've been a Jaron guy. I don't know. We've got friends uh, that yeah. uh, have told me, you know, I'll, I'll shout out Patrick Jones because he's the one that's always been the most vocal to me. But he's been ready to trade trips since we got him, and I was like, "You just got to be patient." And I what know, the I, I know the shot looks ugly, and I know he's dealt with injury, but that dude healthy is the peak of what you need up mm-hmm. uh, to balance out Ja. That yeah. that big wing, that I mean, a big center who can stretch it if if the shot's falling, he he can stretch it. But on the other end, man, that's where it's at, him, man. When you've got Ja and Ja's done better this year, but your backcourt being Ja and and uh, Dez, you just leave a lot. There, mm. Ja especially can be a target on pick mm. and rolls, mm. and to have that guy back there that can just play free safety and just swat it. I mean, if if you could just calculate the amount of shots that he alters, not blocks, and he mm. had eight blocks against Atlanta. Yeah, six in the first quarter. (laughs) You just look at the shots that they don't take after that first quarter Mm -hmm. because uh, I saw one. Uh, They drive in. There's Jaron. He kicks it out. The other guy goes up off of a high screen towards the paint. There's Jaron. Kicks it out. And then finally, the third guy gets it, and he kind of jab steps, and the shot shot clock's going down, so he just Mm – says, oh, I got to do something. So he drives in and Jaron swats in the third row. I mean, yeah. that's three shots he altered, but he only gets the credit for one, mm-hmm. uh, one block. He is he is a menace. And yeah. fingers crossed, say your prayers, he stays healthy because that is that is DPOY yeah. a candidate right there. If he says Absolutely. That. And in the early poll that got released today, he's – Fifth, and we have another player on that list at third. That's Dylan Brooks, who's another been another menace on the de- defensive end. Yeah, and uh, it's it's got a a TA and Mark vibe, mm-hmm. uh, a Tony Allen and Mark Gasol vibe. Yeah. You got the you got the anchor in the middle that deflects mm-hmm. anything that gets past your stud. You know, on the wing, mm-hmm. uh, Dylan is a. I I believe that Dylan is more of a menace than a. a <laughs> If you yeah. can be both, I think if you got to pick one or the other, man, he's just a, a menace. Mm-hmm. And he's the guy that's going to get all up in your space. Yep. And he's not – you see the great defenders like uh, – you look at Tony Allen. He was mm-hmm. – uh, quick reaction time, quick twitch, read the defense, knew what you were doing before you were going to do it. Uh, Dylan is just going to get up in your space <laughs> and make it hard. Yep. To play basketball. Yeah. And and sometimes it's just as simple as that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you get six fouls. Uh, if you don't use all six of them, then you're can't just taking with you. You, you, you know, take it with you. Absolutely. <laughs> and then the other thing, man, we talk about, we're a big fan of him on this podcast, but Tyus Stones Jones with another yeah. double double in Jaws' absence 22 points, 11 assists. He sees the floor so well. He's so calm. He can march down. He can hit a three if he needs to. He can get down and facilitate offense. But Again, that's I'm, just the thing. He is being a scorer. Like, yeah, that's the thing. When Jaws' out, he takes over. With the second unit in the years past that he's been there, he's been very much a facilitator, and he's going to mm-hmm. get that motor or that big shot when you need mm-hmm. it. But he's yeah. looking for his own shot, and he and it's I believe what has unlocked an, the attitude of Tyus this year is I don't think he got the contract offer that he hoped in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Sure, uh, it, it was a bad year for guards or for tier guards. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially since you had guys like Donovan Mitchell and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Jalen Brunson get mm-hmm. they were waiting on trades, so mm-hmm. nobody was signing 
Tyus. Right. So there's a chip on the shoulder, and yeah. good for the Grizzlies. I mean, yeah. I'll take it. I saw a stat, or I heard a stat uh, on a podcast yesterday, and I, I wish I could tell it to you perfectly. But the crux of it is, in his career, uh, only zero or two – zero one or two times in his career has he had 25 points and i think it was eight ten assists and he's done that three times for the grizzlies this mm-hmm. season mm-hmm. Like he's he just the crux of it is he is no longer just a facilitator but he's a bucket yeah. his confidence has gone through the roof and that's what we've needed with job being out like two times in the last two weeks he has stepped up and dropped 20 plus 10-plus assists in Ja's absence. He looks confident. I agree. I think it's a chip on the shoulder, plus uh, the, the Grizz brass giving him that two-year contract, saying, you're our guy. We want you here. Gave him some confidence. The shots are falling. He looked good against the Hawks um, the other night. And then, you know, going up a game, uh, a game previously, beat the Pistons again. Not a great team yet, but they're going to be. Um, trip with 20 points. Uh, ja facilitated a lot that night with 12 assists. Um, beat another young team in OKC. Ja had 26. He had a triple-double, 26-13 and 11. Um, I set the, set the franchise record for most triple-doubles that yep, game. that was the one. Yep. Uh, let me uh, – I pulled up this chart here. Uh, we'll get in the weeds with the Grizzlies for just a second. Uh, two-man lineups, uh, two-man net ratings. So which two-man lineup do you think has been the best for the Grizzlies this year? I feel like like the obvious answer is like a jaw trip, but well, I'll be honest with you. I'm not setting you up for something. I'm literally just just giving you what it is. So, um, so you say jaw and trip? That feels like the obvious answer, but I'm gonna say it's maybe like Tyus and Brandon Clark. Because Brandon Clark's been playing some good basketball this year. All right. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, jaw and trip is a plus twenty two point four. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, let's see. You said Tyus. Uh, it's not Tyus. Tyus is uh is pretty poor, honestly, on net hmm. uh net rating here. Yeah. Um and that's because he's getting a lot of bench minutes too. Yeah, uh, sure. The number one from what I'm seeing, just looking here, uh twenty-four point nine uh net rating in two hundred and sixty-nine possessions is uh Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr. Let's go. <laughs> I mean <laughs> You're talking about your big loves. I love yeah, that. I love that, man. The big Kiwi and the Block Panther, man. Let's go. <laughs> oh, no, that's Aquaman. That's, that's Aquaman, absolutely. They call it the big Kiwi for being from New Zealand, but Aquaman fits. I like it. Aquaman. Yeah. Uh, uh, I wish I could could share the quote that I heard him say today on the podcast he did with, uh, with Danny Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, uh, the PG uh, family version of it was, they said, what was the best piece of advice you got? And he said, Nick Collison, while he was at OKC, told him to uh, to uh, use less of his head and more of his manhood. <laughs> <laughs> he said, quit thinking, you know, quit thinking so much and just. Uh, just play. Yeah, just. I like it. Uh, one other one other thing of note against Oklahoma City, every single player, starter and bench player, had a positive plus minus that night. Very efficient win that night. Um, just a good all around team game that uh, against OKC uh, last week. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. in per thirty six minutes. Uh, so basically, he don't play thirty six minutes, but if he were to play the league average of thirty six minutes starter. Uh, he would be averaging uh, 25 points per game and five blocks per 36 minutes. That's pretty solid. <laughs> pretty solid. So, uh, yes, yeah, so that's our Grizzlies talk. Six-game winning streak. Tomorrow night's a big game. You got yeah. Giannis and Milwaukee coming to town. You going to uh, go? Uh, I would love to. I've seen Giannis in person one time. It's uh, the real for, deal, man. Uh, for our Christmas present one year, uh, our good buddy Andrew Farrell's wife bought Andrew and me and Zach tickets to go see the Christmas and put us up in a hotel room because his Christmas present was a boys' night out, and so we were the beneficiary, and that was the uh, uh, we got to see sit in the pinnacle level and watch the Grizzlies play the um, Bucks 
And that was the game, if you remember, Jaron went off and hit, mm-hmm. I think, went for, what, 26 or something mm-hmm. in the third quarter alone. Mm-hmm. He got like six threes in the third mm-hmm. quarter. And then Giannis, you got to see Giannis do Giannis. Mm-hmm. And he just dismantled the Grizzlies in the fourth quarter. Like, like that, he was just playing the whole mm-hmm. game. He was like, here. And then he said, fine, I'm going to. I'm going to do this now. I'm going to win this game. Yeah. He did it by himself. Yeah. It I'm going to be the best guy on the floor, and he yeah. did a great job of it. Yeah. This this young guy, this young seven footer, he's cute. Yeah. But watch, <laughs> he ain't there yet. watch me put my shoulder into him, and he'll be in the third row. Yep, that's yeah. exactly what happened. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, big game. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Grizzlies are now tied mm-hmm. for first in the West with uh, mm-hmm. New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Who was? Uh, we need to really dive into some NBA here pretty soon because uh, the uh, the standings are real interesting. I'm mm-hmm. big into it, so we'll we'll save that though. Yeah, sounds good. All right, it's Christmas time. Uh, we're going to touch League of Avengers at the very end. I don't have much here. We're in the playoffs. After one week, I'll recap it. Uh, but I'm a holiday man. I love Christmas, uh, and. Uh, my wife and I were talking the other day, and I was like, well, we'll just take this to the pod and um, just talk about Christmas movies. Favorite Christmas movies? Uh, we're going to we're gonna draft them. Uh, we're going to do a snake draft, which with two people basically just says, you know, we're going to take turns picking two apiece. And so I don't have a quarter, so Rusty, since you're my guest, I'll go first. <laughs> All right. Rusty, you go first. Uh Take uh take your favorite Christmas movie and then I'll take two and we'll do uh you wanna do three four whatever man we'll just kind of see how it feels there's a bunch out there yeah uh we'll we'll go just uh we'll go for it and see what happens so my favorite Christmas movie and you're gonna get upset with me taking this one first man it's see, the greatest here, here I am being nice and you take my movie of all time all right you know what. <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas <laughs> Vacation is my first pick. You're absolutely right. I'm not going to change that, man. Yeah, quality movie, man. <laughs> Hilarious from start to finish. Great, just quintessential, like, 80s comedy. Uh, Christmas Vacation is the GOAT, Chris. I've already watched it this year. It's my it's my favorite Christmas movie. Uh, for That movie is a staple of my life, and it's one mm-hmm. of those movies that I love so much that I'll only watch it once a year because I don't mm-hmm. want it to get repetitive. Sure. Sure. I uh, I called my dad. I, my dad was not a, uh, a outside holiday Christmas light guy, but mm. I've gotten big into uh, the exterior illumination. Yeah. You, <laughs> I, at uh, some point in your life, you become Clark Griswold, man. Yeah, and I called dad and I I showed him a picture of my uh of my lights and I said, Dad, you taught me everything I know about exterior illumination. <laughs> yeah, Christmas vacation pick number one. What do you got for picks two and three? Uh, uh, for me it's pretty simple. That I um, first off, we'll um, put Die Hard aside. It's a Christmas movie. We can it have is. the debate. It is. It, it's a conversation that happens too often. Yeah. So we're just gonna leave it out. Okay. Thank you. Um, I uh. The original Santa Claus with Tim Allen is is a staple for me. It's one of the movies that I think is every year I watch it and I'm like, okay, we'll watch Santa Claus. And then I find myself just cackling at it. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing that's never mentioned uh, about it is it's never talked enough about how Tim Allen killed Santa Claus. (laughs) 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 He should have stayed in his bed and said he got outside, spooked Santa. And he fell off a roof and just disappeared forever. Like, he's had to make three movies in a in a series now because yeah, of it. <laughs> you're talking about killing somebody and mm-hmm. and you know moving up in life. You know, yeah. oh, you were just a toy salesman. Uh, now you are Santa. Like, just yeah. killed Santa. Makes mm-hmm. me think, who who's Rusty going to knock off just to <laughs> to get a better life? You never know. <laughs> um, and. Three, I'm uh I'm I'm doing this off the cuff. I'll be honest with you, uh, because I like to it, too mm-hmm. much research on these things is mm-hmm. is not any fun. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Elf. Hmm. Yeah. Quality movie. It's it's probably not on your list, but this is my list. Oh, I like Elf. Uh, 
it's silly. Mm-hmm. It's it's my kind of silly. I'm not the the biggest Will Ferrell fan. I think all this stuff is funny ish, but ish. I love the uh, the innocence in which Buddy the Elf goes mm-hmm. and finds and finds the new world of New York City. Mm-hmm. When he goes into that coffee shop and says, "Congratulations on the world's best cup of coffee," <laughs> just because that's what their sign says. Yeah. Just hysterical. Yeah, that's a, that's a solid pick. Solid pick. Um, pick four for me next is the 1964 classic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I love. Yeah, man, I love when I that's super nostalgic for me. When I was a kid, I love that Yukon Cornelius, the Island of Misfit Toys. Me with the beard, I I can see that. Um, the abominable snowman, like just a quality movie. And it doesn't get old. It's a timeless classic. It's one I only watch once a year, but I watch it every Christmas season. Um, Island of Misfit Toys on the uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Um, I think my next one, I'm kind of back and forth. This I'm like, your last one. We're going to do I'm, one more. I'll end it. I'm doing it. Uh, I'm kind of doing it off the cuff. Um, so for me, I probably I, jingle all the way. It makes me laugh every single time. Um, watching Arnold Schwarzenegger chase after that toy. My favorite line in the movie is when Sinbad's in the elevator and he says, I'm watching you. I got eyes like a snake. And just the door closes and cracks me up every time. <laughs> jingle all the way. <laughs> yeah. I'll end it. Uh, that gives us three picks a piece. Uh, one of the ones I was probably late to the party on. It's not an old movie by any means, but I didn't watch it when it first came out. It's Four Christmases with uh, Vince Vaughn and uh, Reese Witherspoon is absolutely hysterical. You've got uh, Tim McGraw and uh, what's his name? The Marvel guy. Uh, shoot. Uh, I've he, seen that he, movie he, one time and I didn't care for it. Seriously? I, it was all right. It was fine. It's got, got Dwight Yoakum in it. I mean, it's a star-studded cast. I'll give you that, but it was it's, fine. Like, it's not one that I'm going to watch again. And the single part of the movie that sets it over the top for me is when Vince Vaughn gets in the nativity scene at the Christmas play in which Dwight Yoakum is the pastor. Sure. It's hysterical. It's one of my favorites. So. Hmm. There, there you go. there's our Christmas uh, Christmas episode. We've got one more episode before Christmas, so we're gonna have to come up with one more topic. We've done yep. songs and movies, and so we'll uh, we'll uh, I don't know, maybe we'll put some in a hat or something next week and draw one out. <laughs> got some stuff coming. Literature. On, so. Yeah, we got some stuff coming up. I think we can. I think we can. We can put something together. I forgot Christmas with the cranks too. That one's good. Mm, that's good. Bad Santa with uh, uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's just sacrilegious. <laughs> and we didn't touch any of the classics, you know. It's a wonder. You know, uh, brother is better than what Billy Bob Thornton portrayed. Yeah, but we didn't touch any of the classics, but you know there are less we're sticking by, man. Yeah. I said what I said. The classics <laughs> are wholly overrated for the most part. I don't know, man. Like, Christmas stories garbage. I know. I, I agree there. Good take. Yeah. Good take. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, and they're making another <laughs> one that's only going to get be worse. That's made before color television i'm just not gonna waste my time <laughs> yeah, i don't know uh uh it's a wonderful life fred bailey that, it's a good story that's the one i'm talking about like, <laughs> at least enhance it though give it color now or something nah so. nah all right uh league of avengers we're gonna hit on it real quick uh basically uh playoffs are two weeks two week games and so mm-hmm. right now rusty has a commanding lead he is, uh, let's see, 134 to 100 over Aaron. And uh, everybody kind of gets their dudes back this week. Uh, we, You've got Nuke back this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Taylor's back this week. Uh, you're projected 260 points. So you're projected for another 126 <laughs> points this week versus mm-hmm. Aaron's 109. Uh, I've said it going down the stretch here. His team just... It doesn't have the gas. And uh, mm-hmm. the other game, uh, another resounding uh, week one for Lump, who is a 148.6 over 119 over Zach Jones. Uh, Zach pulled, played the right pieces this week mm-hmm. and had a 
a really solid week considering he was starting Brock Purdy. You know, yeah. Brock Purdy just really did him well this yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope I hope he can do it again. I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Zach was uh, cool story. Zach went into last year's championship week two with like a forty point lead and blew it. <laughs> so, uh, I, he he needs to come back here. I'm, I'm gonna give a, a quick credit to my opponent, Aaron. I uh, was searching the waiver wire because I had Jonathan Taylor and David Montgomery on by. Was looking for a running back, and I put in like a twelve dollar bid on Cam Akers. And he bid $42 on Cam Akers. And so obviously beating hey, to him. What you I mean, got to spend it on? Like, yeah, no, I get it. And so I started, I started like perusing through. I needed to run it back. And I'm like, you know, Jarek McKinnon might get a couple of receiving yards here and there, maybe a receiving touchdown. And the highest points he'd had all year long were 14 points. And he went off for a cool 32 uh, with a couple of receiving touchdowns, 112 yards receiving. I got super lucky, but I'll take it. Big shout out to Aaron yeah. for helping me out there. It's all it's always Russian roulette when you're trying to pick which Kansas yeah. City weapon is going to go off because it's never it, there's only one of them you can count on, and yeah. that's Travis Kelsey. The rest of them you just you kind of got to you know throw it throw a dart at the board and see if you get lucky. Thank you, Aaron, for helping me get lucky. <laughs> hey, <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. Well, that's the that's what I've got for League of Avengers this week. Uh, we will uh, we'll have the championship for you next week. Uh, mm-hmm. Next Sun next Wednesday that will be the twenty first. So uh, I don't have any Christmas stuff on the twenty first, and so maybe we can get we'll uh, maybe Christmas won't affect us too much for uh, our mm-hmm. podcast schedule. Yeah. I'll be around. I'll be here in uh, sunny Myrtle Beach, Myrtle's Inlet, wherever I live at now, and uh, we'll make it happen. So until then, like I said earlier, hug your loved ones. Um, Recipes Coach Leach, appreciate y'all sticking around for this podcast. Um, Big shout out to our international listeners. Listeners, Drew, we're not just in Belgium anymore. We're now in the Netherlands, man. The Dutch have found us. Hey, I'll tell you what. uh, The Dutch came to this podcast probably wanting to show that – that they were the superior people wanted me to know as the foremost voice in us soccer. Mm -hmm. Uh, They just slid and subscribed to our podcast, knowing that I'd see them after they beat us in the world cup. But what they didn't realize is that they may have beat us in uh, America's fifth favorite sport. (laughs) Uh, They will, as they come to realize uh, if they continue listening in is that, uh, the United States sports has a lot more to offer than soccer, and you'll learn sure. all about it right here at the Two Bucks yep. And all you need to know is the SE, the uh, USA has about 30 SEC championships, and Netherlands has zero. So that's all you need to know, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's two things that I hate, and it's intolerance <laughs> towards other countries and the Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> Great line. <laughs> yeah. So uh, check us out. Uh, tell your friends, please. We are uh, – we're still trying to be as active as we can on Twitter and Instagram mm-hmm. uh, at the number two Buck Sports Podcast. Uh, we still post these YouTube videos up. And so subscribe to those, like the videos, subscribe to the podcast and download them. Tell your friends about them. We, uh, mm-hmm. we truly enjoy doing this every week. Uh, and so we're going to keep doing it whether you listen or not, but we'd love for you to listen yeah. to so yeah you know drop us a comment let us know you're listening those always help to get us out there um share anything you see on social media y'all know i love y'all because it's after 11 o'clock on the east coast and as drew referenced earlier i'm an old man i go to bed early so uh here we are doing it live but uh as always like share and follow i appreciate y'all listening and we'll see y'all back here next week see you guys